This is Minnesota Native News. I'm Marie Rock. This week on Minnesota Native News, tribes across the state present a clear path forward to protect wild rice, and AICHO in Duluth hosts a pop-up event focused on Nibi, or water. For possibly the first time ever, the Minnesota Chippewa tribe has convened all 11 Ojibwe and Dakota tribes in Minnesota to protect wild rice in the state. Reporter Melissa Townsend has the details. The coalition came together in response to a statewide wild rice task force Governor Mark Dayton established in 2017. As a whole, all of the six bands of the Minnesota Chippewa tribe had an issue with it. Michael Northbird is the environmental program manager for the Minnesota Chippewa tribe. Long story short, it was because the governor's task force on wild rice uh, was comprised of industry representatives. And so those who are meant to be regulated are given influential power over the best interests of the public. Of the 15 seats on the governor's task force, eight were for industry and three were for tribes. So instead of being part of the governor's task force, Minnesota Chippewa tribe leaders created their own. In their final report released in December, there are a number of recommendations, but three major findings stand out. First, they detail which water quality regulation they feel should be in place. This law that's been in place since 1973 should have been enforced all this time, and then not only the people of Minnesota, but the industry themselves wouldn't be at this point. That law limits sulfate to 10 milligrams per liter of water. It was never enforced, and for the past few years, there's been talk of changing the regulation. The tribes do not want that to happen. Another main finding in the Minnesota Chippewa Tribes report identifies which bodies of water in the state are wild rice waters. Where should the regulations be enforced? Turns out, different agencies have different lists. The Minnesota Pollution Control Agency might not have the same definition or common agreements with the Minnesota DNR, as far as to what constitutes as a wild rice water. The Tribal Wild Rice Task Force recommends combining all these lists. The final number of wild rice waters would include more than 2,300 lakes. The final main point of the Tribal Report comes from scientific data collected in water throughout the state. Using this data, the report identifies one area where water sulfate levels are the highest. It's around the mines in the northern half of the Arrowhead. Michael Northbird, environmental program manager for the Minnesota Chippewa tribe, says he wants this to be clear. He says there's been a lot of confusion about whether municipal wastewater treatment plants would have to install expensive equipment. You had a bunch of people that were not going to be affected by any of it. It was not going to cost them or their customers or ratepayers any more extra but they're showing up at press conferences and making up hypotheticals and, oh, well, who's to stop somebody from saying our little waste pond that we just built last year is all of a sudden going to grow wild rice and then we got to get, you know what I mean? Like they just did a really good job of building up that fear in people that was just completely unwarranted. The report has been delivered to state legislators and Michael Northbird says the Tribal Wild Rice Task Force hopes they take it seriously. For Minnesota Native News, I'm Melissa Townsend. The American Indian Community Housing Organization is hosting the first of a series of events at the new Indigenous Market in Duluth. Ivy Vineo is Art, Climate, and Culture Coordinator at AICHO. She says the Aquanibi pop-up on January 31st focuses on the Anishinaabe spiritual and cultural understanding of water. To put a spotlight on the traditions and the understanding of why 
Anishinaabe do certain things with ceremony, with songs, with honoring the water. There will also be a focus on the physical health benefits of drinking clean water. AICHO bought the 4th Street Market in the Hillside neighborhood last July. Over the next two years, leaders plan to build an indigenous deli, coffee shop, and art gallery in the space. In the meantime, the organization is hosting a series of pop-ups to engage the community. The events are supported by the Minnesota Department of Health and the Nota Be Gay 3 Foundation. This is Minnesota Native News. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at MN Native News. Minnesota Native News is produced by Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, made possible by funding from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and the citizens of Minnesota.